Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Happy Monday. I hope you've had a fantastic weekend, and I hope you're having an even better week. Mondays are not always the easiest, but we're here to chill, talk about some breaking issues that everybody always has at the front of their mind. And today, uh, we are going to be reacting to a video by Gen. I hope I'm saying his name right. We've been saying his name wrong this whole time. We've been calling him Jen. I think it's Gen, uh, where he goes and interviews people about how they feel about LGBTQ issues being taught in schools. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now being discussed in schools. But before we get into that video, we got Taylor in Nashville. Hey, hey, hey. Happy Monday, everybody. <laughs> How was your weekend, Taylor? <laughs> oh, I told you it was pretty, pretty nice and boring. I did uh, just the most exciting thing I did. Well, I did go to the Georgia Vanderbilt game here in Nashville. The number one team in the country got to beat down on an SEC team. So I had to wear the Georgia shirt to represent my wife's team to support her, even though I'm not really a Georgia fan um but i was you know standing standing in solidarity for the team with her but uh that, that's the most exciting thing i did nice yeah no my weekend was super chill i don't think i really got up to anything uh all that spectacular played uh well, went to go play a little bit of pool at uh, a bar with my boyfriend and my best friend. And then the pool table was so overwhelmed with people trying to play that we never got to play. So, boo. Do I have a boo? Do I have a boo sound on here? <laughs> I don't think I do. No, I have crickets, um, which is what the night ended up being without being able to play <laughs> pool. <laughs> but one of these days we'll get to it. Guys, let me know what you did over the weekend in the chat down below. Without further ado, we're going to get into this video. Should LGBTQ topics be taught in schools let's watch do you think people are born lgbtq plus the bible is wrong probably about 50 percent of sexual orientation is determined by our genetic inheritance people are getting it kind of in a way like forced down their throats every day i have a son who is transgender oh my gosh the lgbtq community is under attack no we're not not my boy Amir being in the video. Shout out to Amir Odom. We've had him on this channel many a time. He's a friend of the show. I'm so excited to see that his voice is being elevated in this discussion because I know he's just going to talk. He's just going to talk straight. He's just going to tell it to him 100%. Leave the kids out of it. There's no need for you to be around kids at all. So today I'm out here and the question I'll be asking is, should LGBTQ topics be taught in school? As a queer person, I see that history as something that needs to be taught to all people. I think it's important history just as much as anything else that's taught. I don't see the value in teaching it. I think that they'll learn naturally about heterosexuality, homosexuality, everything like that as they age. Sexuality should just be kept out of schools. I have a son who is transgender. I would certainly hope that my child at whatever age could be accepted. I kind of grew up going to like a Christian school and my family was very conservative. And so when I transitioned into public school and like I went to college, being around that all the time, I didn't realize there were so many people out there. If I would have been taught more, it wouldn't have been such a culture shock for me. Okay, let's pause there. 
I think it's one thing to say, like, let's talk about the history behind this. And I think there is something that, you know, particularly in, in U.S. history, uh, in, in recent years, you could get into the gay rights movement, things like Harvey Milk, maybe without getting into the bends of sexuality itself and some of the more obscene uh, talking points that we've seen come out of schools. There's something to be said for that being a part of American history and maybe a part that should be briefly addressed when kids are in school. I could totally understand that. It's a totally different thing when kids are like checking out library books that have naked men and women depicted in them and all these talks about, you know, uh, even, even heterosexual sexual relationships and homosexual sexual relationships, what it is to be trans, what it is to, you know, be gender nonconforming. All these different things is where you step out of the realm of reasonable for me and into a point where, okay, now we have to start checking out everything that kids are being taught in schools and we need to start regulating what kids are being taught in schools because this is not a healthy conversation for kids who are not developed enough to have it. So I think that's a distinction that needs to be drawn that maybe hasn't been laid out yet. There's a very big difference between teaching history and teaching sexuality. So. And speaking of distinctions that need to be drawn, I think another big issue that we're going to run into with this topic and maybe in this video is the fact that there's so much lumped in now under the umbrella of LGBTQ, like so many externalities, unintended consequences, issues that are uh, not something that is settled, not something that everyone agrees upon. So this this question and this this thesis, if you will, is really a kind of a vague thing that that demands nuance. And yet when we talk about this movement, they've rejected nuance and lumped in so many things under the umbrella term of LGBTQ. You've got like uh, gender affirming care issues, the issues of uh, biological males going into women's spaces and uh, just a litany of things that fall under that that category, whether it's pronouns or whatever it may be, that is difficult to parse out. And so do can by saying we should put and talk about LGBTQ issues in school, well, it's like, which ones? And to your point, there are there certainly it, it would be appropriate to mention like the fight for marriage equality or whatever in the history class or things like that. Certainly, mm -hmm. uh, it could be worth mentioning the fact that some people experience same sex attraction and at a certain point in maybe secondary school uh, when you're talking about science, biology, whatever, but uh, or, or just society. But yeah, the idea that we can just have this broad brush that yes, these all these topics should be taught. Uh, it needs nuance, and unfortunately, this umbrella term doesn't let us have a lot of that. Yeah, hundred percent. And dude, our education system is failing. Can we like can we preach on that for a minute? Like, you have teachers. I've seen an abundance of teachers, and I thought about doing this in a whole separate video, uh, talking about how their kids have behavioral issues. They're not reading up to par with the grade level they're supposed to be on. They can't do math. Uh, a lot of illiterate children who are in school, and due to the pandemic and just the state of education and how we treat kids in public school. They're just being passed through the system and moved up uh, in grade, and they're not meeting requirements whatsoever. So if I'm as you know an educator, administrator, or somebody who's responsible for creating a curriculum, I'm going to focus on children in their actual education. I'm going to focus on, you know, math, reading, writing, science, and put that at the top of my priority list. Sexuality is nowhere near uh, at the top of the list. And if you don't have kids who are meeting the requirements of reading and writing, uh, you know, who are, you know, just being moved up in grade without even learning, maybe LGBTQ issues is like the least of your worries. But let's hear from some other people.
Parents are way too young to be exposed to personal agendas that people might have. I think that there's a lot of people who are attracted to teaching kids things because they understand how young kids are more open to ideas. They're much more easy to be persuaded. You don't lead off with George Washington, who was the first president of the country, and oh, by the way, he was heterosexual. I don't think LGBTQ would be that much different. I would leave it up to the local community, whatever fits that community. My name is Peter Tatchell. I'm the director of a small human rights organization, Peter Tatchell Foundation, and I've been campaigning on both LGBT plus and other human rights for over 56 years. Should LGBTQ topics be taught in schools? It's very important to challenge ignorance and prejudice among young straight kids who perhaps don't understand LGBTs. This can be a very important, significant way of reducing, teasing, bullying, and even in extreme cases, violence. Yes and no. Each grade is so let me speak to that for a second before we get to my, my boy, Amir. Uh, it's important to challenge president, uh, prejudice and discrimination in anybody, like not just straight kids. I can tell this guy has a particular leaning towards the issue, so that makes sense. But when when he says, yes, you know, it is important that we teach these things, I just need it laid out what he means by that. Again, like, what do you mean by teaching LGBTQ issues? Do you mean talking about the historic struggles? Do you mean talking about, you know, how certain people engage sexually? Do you mean talking about gender theory? There are so many different ways to, like, slice the pie up. And since you're not, you're not getting clarity on exactly what he's advocating for, it's hard to discern whether or not what he's saying is valid or invalid. Uh, now, I do believe we got a $50 super chat. We're going to read those immediately. Uh, this is from Ashley Weaver. She says, hey, guys, catching the first live, even though I've watched for months, I work overnight at a hospital, so I'm usually sleeping during lives. Love how you find middle ground. I would be called transphobic because I believe in biological women's rights. Ashley, thank you so much for catching the show live. We greatly appreciate you and for, you know, doing the work that you do in the hospital, which I'm sure is extremely important work. Yeah, you would be considered transphobic today, which is just crazy. That's another thing uh, in this topic that I hope we get to is that if you are somebody who comes forward and opposes these issues or topics being talked about in school, you're immediately labeled homophobic, transphobic, all these different, you know, isms and obics that you get thrown at yourself. And by no means, you know, is anybody on this channel anti-LGBTQ? By no means. So it's it just sucks that these words are thrown around so flippantly, even though you could have somebody that is a supposed ally, however you want to use that phrase, uh, but just doesn't want children being taught these issues and being talked and have them talking about this in school. It's really as simple as that different and what you're learning and what their bodies are going through and what when we get to baby making like in eighth ninth grade whenever that is then you can be on the topic of yeah and there are some guys who you know just can't do stuff with women so in that instance to what extent do you think lgbtq topics should be taught then does it involve just sex education talking about historical issues leave the sexuality stuff to eighth ninth grade there's no need for elementary schools and fifth graders and fourth graders to be given prompts like oh what's your pronoun I think if it's taught, you know, at a young age, people will be more likely to express themselves. Definitely something that should be in history class because a lot has changed and progressed. Yeah, teaching LGBT plus history. Famous LGBTs like the Russian composer Peter Tchaikovsky, the great mathematician and computer codebreaker Alan Turing. These are people that we should all know about and we should know the fact that they were LGBT. How about like... I mean, I could test that a little bit. I can get like I can get teaching about historical figures and, you know, 
maybe if you're going to talk about it in a historical context, if maybe struggles of their lives, if you're like reading a biography or something like that, oh, well, yeah, by the way, he was gay and this may have been something that he struggled with. It may have informed his music. It may have informed, you know, other things that he brought to the world. But it's honestly the least important thing about you. The only thing that makes it important, in my opinion, is the societal struggle that surrounds it and how that may shape the way you move through the world, especially if we're talking about historical figures. Uh, but I do like that he clarified, certainly in history lessons, I haven't heard his take on teaching, you know, sex education in that way. So I'm curious to see what he says there. But again, like when you're talking about these historical figures, maybe it's like a, a side note. Oh, by the way, uh, he dated men or, you know, married a guy or whatever. But it's certainly not at, like the forefront of education surrounding historical men. Okay. Continue. Education, should kids be taught that at a young age? You know, parents can't stop their kids from doing what they want to do. At the end of the day, don't you want your kids to be safe if they are going to be doing those things? There's always going to be guidelines, but I think those guidelines need to be written with a public health view, not necessarily just in terms of what the current political climate might be. We're going to make sure that parents are able to send their kid to kindergarten without having some of this stuff injected into their school curriculum. Because on one extreme there's legislation in Florida banning any mention of gay and on the other encouraging drag stories. Let's pause there. That's certainly not the case. <laughs> okay. We got a little bit of, uh, I hate using the word misinformation, but that it was a misinformed take. If you go and read the don't say gay bill or what it's been termed, the, the don't say gay bill, what it's really called is the parental rights and education bill. If you go and read that, uh, which was, you know, written up in Florida and, you know, uh, made effective. It doesn't say that you cannot say gay. It doesn't say that the word gay is banned. It doesn't say anything like that. And there was just so much back and forth when this bill initially came out. And the don't say gay thing is the thing that really stuck because it's catchy and it's, you know, incendiary and it makes you feel something. But if you actually go and take the time to read the bill, it's not that long. Nowhere does it say uh, that they are banning the word gay. It does say that we're not going to have conversations about, like, sexual relations between two individuals uh, for, for young children, and that that is something that's been deemed to be inappropriate. We're not going to get into the issues of gender theory and being non-binary and pronouns and this and that. That's been deemed to be uh, unreasonable and unacceptable. And I think for the most you would think most people would agree with that and say that that's not okay. There's also things in the Don't Say Gay Bill that have nothing to do with sexuality whatsoever. There's a whole paragraph about teaching African-American history and talking about the transgressions of this nation's past and talking about slavery and Jim Crow and all this stuff. But the media ran with it, calling it the Don't Say Gay Bill, and it's just super misinformed. I actually went head-to-head -head with a college student on this very issue, uh, which is a video that you can check out on the channel, uh, where he was just insisting that people were banning the word gay and that you couldn't talk about same-sex relationships in school. And it's just simply not the case. Um, but I can understand how somebody would think that's the case with all the propaganda that went out in the media about that bill. Story hours, and so no pun intended, there's a wide spectrum of opinions. But regardless of opinion, there's been undeniable progress over the years. And so in such a polarized topic, it was going to be harder than ever to find the nuance. But at the same time, is this even a real issue, or are we just making a problem out of nothing? I guess we gonna see.
in religious and a lot of conservative communities, I think there's probably a lot of resistance to having this being taught in schools. How can schools navigate their sensitivities while also promoting inclusivity? It's not the job of any school to promote any sexuality or gender identity. The purpose is to give young kids the facts, to have happy, healthy, sexual and emotional lives. I do believe in separation of church and state and public education is a public good. Do you think parents should have like a right to have their kid be opt out in education like that? That's a, that's kind of a slippery slope when you start getting into allowing parents to opt out of each and every topic. Part of learning, right? You're not just trying to exclude topics that you're not happy about. It's all or nothing. I yeah, except it's not each and every topic. Uh, it's sexuality, which is, it's so weird because when I was in school, that was what was, ha that was what was happening. We got sent home with a little paper and this was purely based on, uh, you know, sex education. We were sent home with a little paper that says, Hey, we're going to be talking about this on this date. Would you like to opt out? And if you like to opt out, we're going to put your kid in a separate room and, you know, they can chill, have a little pizza party or whatever the case is, uh, during sexual education. And all you had to do was click the box if you wanted to opt out. And, you know, uh, I did sex ed in school. It wasn't anything like some of the stuff we're seeing out of schools now. Now, could this possibly be overblown and it's not happening in as many schools as many believe it to be? Sure, that could be the case. But also, we have to contend with the different, you know, blatant instances of people coming forward and saying, look at this pornography that I found in my kid's book in a library. Look at this conversation that a teacher had about, you know, sex toys and homosexuality and all these different things, which are real things that are happening, easily Googleable. <laughs> you can find the videos. You can hear them talking about it if you're interested in that. Uh, but you have to validate those experiences and say, yeah, that's an issue that needs to be dealt with. And if it's as simple as printing out a little form and allowing parents to opt, at, opt out, I don't know why we can't just do that. It's been made into like this virtue signal issue where people say, no, every kid must learn about this because every kid must be included. And it completely takes away the, what I believe to be the rights of parents in the education that they get. Now with government schools, it's kind of hard, you know, you just get what you get. It's a public school, so it's difficult. Uh, but I do think the, the school should take into account the possibility that parents don't want their kids having these sort of conversations, print out the little sheet, send the kid home with it, and then guess what? Your issue is handled. And if you're a Christian or conservative parent or, a, or maybe a liberal parent who doesn't agree with these things, uh, your point of view should be, I want to keep my kid from that conversation, not I want to keep everybody else's kid from this conversation whose other parents have allowed it. If your parent, if the parents get a say and the parents go, you know what, sure, go ahead and have that conversation, that's their, their parental right as well. So you get to opt out your kid and they can do their thing. There, you say no and you teach your kid about sex or you're gonna let the school teach your kid about sex and let it be known that there are some people out there who just happen to be with same sex. People may not like the fact that their kids are LGBT, but I'm sure they wouldn't want them to get HIV. We need to give that information really loud and clear to all kids, whatever their gender identity. Love and relationships are two of the most important things in most people's lives. Would you say that not talking about LGBTQ topics can lead to further discrimination and hinder progress as a society? 
naturally as you live your life and as you age and mature, you learn about this stuff in the real world. It's like the most mainstream ever thing right now. People are getting it kind of, in a way, like forced down their throats every day in every aspect of society. There's a difference between knowledge Thanks. or awareness around a topic and also pushing, you know, uh, people to operate in certain dynamics. Let's say, as an example, you go to a classroom and they teach you that you as an individual have 50 genders, right? Versus teaching someone that uh, there was a one point in time in history where people thought that way. But I don't think that we should be explaining certain concepts like this that just don't align with biology, you know? Do you think base? These guys are base. Where did they find them? <laughs> no, they don't seem like just randos on the street. Like they're very articulate and well-spoken. So I don't know if he's like, hey, meet me at this spot at such such a yeah. time so I can interview you. Or if they are just randos that happen to be really well thought out. Right. It's one thing to say like you express, a lot of people express themselves very differently and to teach, you know, a foundation of not being prejudiced towards people, although in a lot of ways prejudice is, is natural. We're not going to get into the crooks of that conversation, but it's it's okay to teach kids to like be accepting and tolerant of others. And some people are going to do things that you may not understand or you may not agree with, but that's okay. We're all human beings. That's one conversation. It's another thing to be like, there's 50 genders. What are your pronouns? And if you were to choose neo pronouns, what would they be? Also, can you fill out this little gender unicorn and let me know which gender this unicorn presents as? and what, what his or her or they's pronouns are, totally different conversation. And again, I must reiterate, you could be spending the time teaching the kids how to read, write, do math, science, all of these different things. And instead, we're you know infiltrating the schools with these sorts of conversations. It's just not the place. It's not the time. I get it from a health standpoint where you could do a and here's a, like a blanket statement. Guys, during sex education, you know, if you are involved sexually with somebody, you run the risk of getting a sexually transmitted disease. Doesn't matter if you're gay, doesn't matter if you're straight, you run the risk of that happening. Here are some things that you can do. Here are some resources. Do we have to get into, this is how gay people have sex. This is how straight people have sex. And in case you couldn't picture that in your mind, here's a book that details exactly what that looks like. I, I just don't know how this isn't the most like the, the easiest issue to solve <laughs> in the entire world. But yet here we are having the conversation. I feel like some people just like to be antagonistic and create issues where any reasonable person could look at this and be like, OK, yeah, uh, let's implement this strategy to fix that. Let's have kids give the option to to opt out, have very general conversations about these things that don't get too in the weeds with things that kids should not hear. And then, uh, boom, we're done. Problem solved. At this point, LGBTQ has as many rights as, let's say, straight people. I think more. Even on like public companies now, they're required to have diversity as far as sexuality goes on the board. And companies are probably more likely to hire someone who identifies as not straight or not the norm. And so I think that it's pretty pushed and celebrated. If I had to push back Thanks. on that, though, I've also read statistics that say that whenever employers see, let's say, like a they them pronoun on a resume, they actually are less likely to get hired. I think it might be fears that they're going to be super difficult to deal with as people. But wouldn't that in that in instance kind of contradict that they're they have more rights or maybe yeah maybe you're right yeah and so it's clear that except they would be a true on that one and that's why there's like <laughs> there's uh this great divide uh with the lgb and then all the other you know groups of people that are now identifying with things and making themselves unique by having they them pronouns or neo pronouns it's like okay i get the lgb stuff totally understand that but now you're saying your pronouns are they them it's not even grammatically correct now you're saying your your pronouns are starburst and lorax and zezer and all this stuff and as soon as you 
pile on these new identities, of course these new identities are not going to like have, you know, the same rights as every other identity because you just you just brought that up and you just like made it out of thin air. <laughs> uh, so how how are we supposed to respond to that when you're just simply recreating a, a new identity? And as far as the they them things, maybe maybe he's right in saying that they would be, you know, would face more prejudice or whatever. I'll be the first to admit if somebody sent me a resume with they them on it, I'm not gonna be, you know, looking to too keenly at this at this resume, I would already be seeing in my head a mountain of issues that you could run into the second that somebody misgenders you or calls you by the wrong name or we don't have pronoun pins at work or whatever. There's just a slew of things that I would anticipate down the line could become issues if you were to be hired uh, at the business. So are they wrong for, you know, making that risk calculation and deciding, ah, I'm just not going to bother. I'm going to go for the typical she, hers, and, uh, you know, he, hims. Are they wrong for that? Y'all let me know down yeah, below. To, to his point a second ago, it was like, but that deprives them of rights or something. And I don't think that that's a fair characterization. It's one thing to like declare uh, sexual orientation as a protected category. You can't discriminate on that basis. But that's right. where, again, like we talked about earlier, the, the lumping together of so much under that same umbrella. Now you can have somebody who's just like a pronoun warrior and uh, do it, playing the oppression Olympics by adding as many things that they can to this. And that type of person is just probably going to be more problematic. And so to say that they have a right to come into the workplace with this ideology by demanding everybody call them by certain things and and just by mandating that everyone use their terms or whatever it may be, that is, that's not the same thing as like depriving someone of their legal rights to right. access a workplace. And similarly, like I'm a, I'm a Christian. I, if I come in there and I'm like, I need everyone to refer to me as, you know, brother, child of God, Taylor, and all that, like, that's good. That's the same energy as uh, like, I would, I would be expect a lot of employers to not want to deal with somebody who has this, uh, these requirements about language and how they're referred to uh, among God knows what else uh, when it comes to how they're going to interact with people in the workplace. See, and then, then it's like you get into this whole debate about the Civil Rights Act, right? Because it says, oh, you're not allowed to discriminate uh, against people on the basis of like race, religion, sexuality, gender identity. It's going to continue to like be built out into all these different realms. And they're going to deem that you cannot you know, not look at somebody for for a job or not hire somebody or, or this or that, not serve somebody based on uh, their their sexuality or their gender identity, all these different things. It's like, at what point do we stop building out the different characteristics that you're not allowed to discriminate on? And how do you define discriminating? Because I just said I wouldn't look at a resume from a they them. So am I actively discriminating against somebody? Uh, I guess technically. So am I meant to get in trouble for that? Even though I've, I've identified actual real world problems that would befall me if I decide to go through the hiring process with this person. So now you just have to like entertain it and go and do the job interview and go, oh, well, they, they just didn't seem like the right fit for the job, even though you know <laughs> in your heart and soul why you are not choosing to make that decision. I'm not going to get too far into this because people are going to start uh, saying all sorts of things about my take on the Civil Rights Act, but <laughs> some of it doesn't make sense. 
generalizing an entire group with diverse identities and representations is damn near impossible. So I wonder if focusing on the individuals would change opinion. Whenever, you know, viewers see this, they're gonna be like, wow, I thought, you know, all the gay people got along with the trans and the queers. Just how, wow, you must be Asian, so you must love all the other Asians. It's frustrating because I grew up being told, oh, Amir, you're black and you're gay, so you probably have to be like this, expect to vote a certain way. The most free person, I would say, in this country, culturally, is white people. You got white people that are skateboarding, you got white women outside hiking, you got white people doing everything. But for black people, you have a black man hiking, why are you doing white people? We're the first to want all this diversity and all this equality, but then the first to, to shun someone for actually stepping out of the line and doing something different. Same in the gay community. We preach all this diversity and love, tolerance, acceptance, but we're the first to cancel somebody for having a different viewpoint. You want diversity of everything else except diversity of thought. Do you think that- Amir didn't have to go off like that. That's a point that I haven't heard articulated in that way. White people are freer than black people and people of color and gay people in this country, but not because of rights and privileges that are awarded to them, because of the just cultural acceptance around being able to explore different parts of your personality and different parts of yourself. I have not heard that uh, said in that way before. That's very, very interesting. And you know it's true. Like, as soon as you start exploring things or exploring a new ideology or a new set of beliefs, you're not black anymore. Give back your race card. You're a race trader. You're an Uncle Tom. You're a coon. You're a this and that. There's like a laundry list of different slurs that you can call somebody as soon as they're a black person who starts to investigate something outside of the box that they've been given. And I'm sure the same goes for, for gay people. There's probably a whole list of terms that they call you when you start to step out of the box that they've created for you. And it's unfortunate because as soon as you have the freedom to explore, you may, you may very well find yourself, you know, back in the, the same community that you left and find yourself in agreement with them. But as soon as you stop allowing people to explore themselves and who they are, you are literally handcuffing them. And you're going to create a world that like where people kind of secretly harbor animosity and resentment towards each other from not being able to have that exploration. So, wow. Yeah. Very good, Amir. Solid. Yeah, what gives people the that quote unquote freedom that he's referring to is not their whiteness or straightness or whatever it may be. It's just they're not identifying with the, or not identifying themselves according to these identity politics yeah. categories or thinking about themselves in reference to whether my group that I'm in is more oppressed or whatever it may be. And and they're not they're not boxing themselves in to your point. And so I don't think you need to be white or straight in order to experience that freedom. You just need to think of yourself as an individual and not fall victim to uh, that's ironically fall victim to <laughs> these uh, identity group victim oppression olympics uh categories and and play the identity politics game because that's how you you get trapped that is how you lose and yet they like force feed it to us uh when we're like born in this country almost anyways there should be a separate curriculum for lg and b and T. When it comes to the TQ plus stuff, I actually leave it to psychology. Gay, straight, and bi, like it's literally just sex. The TQ plus, the endless gender identities, how we're describing ourselves, it's all unnecessary. After gay marriage, a lot of the gays were fine. We were chilling. Everything trans and all these different genders, they have nothing to do with gay people. If anything, gay relations are getting worse. But when some teachers refuse to even cover these topics, can inclusivity even be achieved? A study suggests that only 57% of teachers across the country wish to discuss LGBTQ issues with their students. But people are trying to change that. That's so weird. That is such a weird stat. 
that many teachers are like, oh, I so wish I could talk about sexuality to these kids or whatever. They need to know that my agenda and my personal take on the issues. Are you weird? <laughs> because you sound weird. That is so weird. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe they need to do a poll on like how many teachers want to teach kids about like heterosexual, you know, stuff. I don't know. I, I'd love to see the numbers on that because you're weird. <laughs> I've never... Like, I would never think about that as a teacher. Your first priority is education and sex ed is just really so far down on the list. I get that there are issues of like teen pregnancy and STDs and these are little pitfalls that people can like find themselves in as they go through life and especially in their teenage years. But that's something to be addressed way later than what when it's being addressed right now in schools. I mean, you have like six-year-olds being doing these little gender unicorns in, in school where they're talking about their orientation and identity and all these different things like chill out and it might be that you know the media covers this stuff so much so people are convinced that it's like a much bigger issue than it is and they then they're convinced that they need to talk to kids earlier and the earlier that we get the children the more tolerant they're going to be as adults and and that's what's driving it but damn it's weird chill out it doesn't need to be taught in schools your kids can't even read uh, and you want them to be learning about, you know, Z, Zer, they, them pronouns. If you don't get them a Dr. Seuss book, my goodness. The organization History Unerased says its mission is to make LGBT topics a part of the U.S. mainstream curriculum. History Unerased is a program that funds LGBTQ education in K-12 schools, supporting teacher training and providing resources. It provided us with curriculum materials that actually give kids opportunities to grapple with primary sources of actual events that occurred that affect this community. So Willard was teaching students about iconic activists like Sylvia Rivera and Bayard Rustin. The goal was to make sure that history wasn't forgotten. But of course, not everyone is happy. We don't want our children forced to be taught things that go against what we believe as Christians. Many parents across the country oppose the teaching of sexual orientation and gender identity to the kids. And parents are beginning to oppose it to a point where a recent outbreak between Antifa and religious Middle Eastern parents broke out. Do not assume that everyone's boundaries are the same. And what's more, it's not just the parents. In 2021, Tennessee passed a law requiring schools to give parents a 30-day notice before teaching LGBTQ, giving parents the right to review and opt out on behalf of their children. Simple. How simple is that? How simple is that? Just a little bit of curriculum transparency, which if you're a parent right now whose kid is in school, they should be doing this for everything that they're teaching. At the beginning of the year, if when you take your kid to school, as if I were a teacher, I would give you a little sheet of paper that says, here is my plan for your kid's curriculum this year. And maybe they don't have all that set up at the beginning of the year, whatever the case may be. They have time to give you ample warning about what is going to be taught in, in your school. And you as a parent, I think, should be diligent in figuring out what that is. Here's the lesson plans for, for this semester. Go ahead and check out what we're going to be uh, uh, talking about. And then you have every power as a parent to, to not have your kid on the day that they're doing, you know, gender theory 101 or whatever it is they're doing in kindergarten these days. <laughs> just don't have your kid there. It's as simple as that. If people are upset about a law that just says, we're going to give you 30 days notice, my mind is going to be blown. How could you possibly be upset about that? It's just a notice. Well, 
I will say though, I mean, as I'm as I'm hearing this this conversation, I'm reminded of uh, something I watched earlier today of Neil deGrasse Tyson on trigonometry. But basically, the idea is they were talking about the trans debate, and he was saying like, when you have these new conflicts that arise in a society due to new progressive ideas, you don't solve them by reverting back to uh, the old way of doing things. And for him, it was with regard to just the the gender women's uh, sports debate. He's like, "We, we need new progressive solutions. So instead of just saying, Females should compete against females. Males should compete against males. Uh, we should slice people up by different di- uh, um, dimensions and say, well, how long have you been on puberty blockers? And when when did you start that? And what's the weight class you're in? And we can find diff- new creative ways to have people uh, fight each other. And in his mind, that is right. And, and anything besides doing that is reverting to the oppressive, you know, dated, outdated way of doing things. And I think people who are advocating for teaching this stuff to children in schools and being very aggressive about it, people who oppose an opt-out option for parents uh, are people who see it as a sort of moral crusade, as a righteous thing to uh, correct the oppressive nature of heteronormativity, of uh, just the way things have always been in culture or in society. And so they are on a mission to to change that. And uh, so that's why they would oppose something like an opt-out is because they see the normal, they see the default mode of our culture, of society in, in the modern day as homophobic, as uh, patriarchal, as whatever it may be. And so that's why I think a lot of this energy and this relentlessness uh, comes from it's it's this moral paradigm that they have that that says that the world as it is, is an unjust place and it needs me to insert myself to fix it. It needs my activism and people's rights over their own children's education be damned. I have to go in and fix this. Right. Not only do my kids have to learn about this stuff, which they're going to learn about from you at home, presumably anyway, since you are so hellbent on having these discussions, but everybody's kids need to have these discussions. And most of all, those of the conservatives or the Christians or whatever who would have their kids never learn about this in their lives. The oh, It's just astounding. And it's impacting what's being shown to kids. In 2021, the American Library Association counted 729 challenges to library, school, and university materials, and one book in particular that was deemed the most inappropriate. The book is called Gender Queer. It's a memoir of the author's journey of self-identity. Gender Queer by Maya Kobabe was banned because of its LGBTQ content and use of sexually explicit images. Graphic illustrations, full nudity. So it's clear that both sides have opinions on what the best approaches, but is this leading to pushing political agendas instead of what's best for the kids? And what I realize is that when it comes to this topic, are we even asking the right people? And so who better to ask than someone who's been in the trenches for the past 60 years? If you don't mind me asking, are you a gay individual yourself? Did you know from like a young age? Even though I came out from a very, very devoutly evangelical Pentecostal family where homosexuality was a terrible, terrible sin, I just had a very simple coming out. I just thought the Bible is wrong. I love this man. He loves me. We're happy. We're not harming anybody else. This is beautiful. I never had any guilt or shame. I just accepted it. I just thought, you know, the proof of the pudding is in the eating and the eating was very delicious. Do you think... Weird way to say that, but okay. <laughs> People are born LGBTQ+, or do you think it's the environment that leads them to be LGBTQ+. Well, the evidence is pretty clear that probably about 50% of sexual orientation is determined by our genetic inheritance, and another very substantial proportion is determined by hormonal influences in the womb. But if both... 
I haven't read those studies. Um, I would I have many viewpoints in my brain that would lead me to negate much of what is said there. Although you know I'm not going to out you know rule out the fact that there could be genetic predisposition and all this different stuff. I just think there's a lot of uh, nurture that can can shape that as as well for all people's sexualities and what you're interested in and you know the different things that spark your interest. What be it heterosexual, homosexual doesn't matter. I think a lot of uh, our environment and experiences, particularly in, you know, adolescence, can can shape that. And maybe maybe genetic predisposition is also a part of it and, and hormones in the womb. Both sides are basing their arguments on whether preferences can be influenced or not. It seems to be a central point. Because even though some studies suggest that there's no specific gay gene, they have found that genes can account for 8 to 25% of the reasons behind people having preferences. There are many, many genetic traits that contribute to sexual orientation. Regardless, it's clear that sexuality is complex and biology isn't the only factor. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day whether or not uh, this is something that you've Chosen is not the right word. Something that befalls you based on nurture or something that befalls you based on nature. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. What matters is should we have these conversations with children? And the answer is no. It doesn't matter if uh, it, you decide that gayness is a choice and it's something you pick up or if you believe it's something that you're reared into based on nurture and different uh, sexual exposures that you have as a child. It doesn't matter if you think you're born that way. None of that matters. The issue at the end of the day is should seven-year-olds be going to school and reading books that have pornography in them and talking about hom homosexual sex or heterosexual sex? If the answer is no, the answer is no. It doesn't matter how you got there, how gay people get here, doesn't matter. At the end of the day, there are men that exist that are that fall in love with other men and have relations with other men. There are women who do the same with other women. There are people who do the same with the with the opposite sex. All that can exist and be true without it mattering how you got there. And still, kids should not be having conversations about that. So it raises the question, how big of a role does the environment play then? There's been a couple statistics indicating that a lot of Gen Z or the youth are identifying more with LGBTQ and that it's been on the rise. Do you think this has been a result of a lot more of an environment of acceptance towards those identities? Or do you think it's been more of a kind of like a push that has created an identity crisis among the youth? I think it's probably like a social contagion to some degree. If you push a certain ideology or sexuality super hard and say that it's like very positive, kids are very influenced. I think that they will tend to like be pushed into that direction. I think a lot of it now has to do with acceptance. Because I mean, I'm looking back at myself. If I grew up now and I'm seeing how normal it is to be gay, and that's what these—that's that's what all of this is—I probably would just been like, oh more people identifying as gay, it makes sense because they're just accepting that part of themselves. When, when society kind of doesn't discriminate as much or doesn't have a, such a negative stigma attached to something, then people are more free to be who they are. You, you do you. I think we talk about it more. That may be the reason why it seems like there's more of that. And I was going. I would argue it's a mixture of, of two different things. And I think what we're, what's going to point out that this is a social contagion thing as, as maybe as maybe as well as acceptance I think acceptance does play a, a large role in a society skews uh, in the the realm of equality and marriage acceptance and all these things I think you are going to see an uptick in people identifying as, as gay lesbian bisexual all this stuff uh, but it's not going to account for when the pendulum swings back and you see this uptick in traditionalism in heterosexuality in detransitioning so people who you know during the social contagion era, decided to identify with it, and then the pendulum swings back and you have people 
you know, removing the label from themselves, detransitioning if they're uh, deciding that they are trans as teenagers or kids or whatever. Uh, it'll be interesting to see that play out. That is my prediction of exactly what's going to happen. And I think we're going to see this grow exponentially over the next few years, as it has been doing, just because... Yes, conversations breed acceptance and tolerance, but they also breed contagion of of ideas and uh, agendas being injected into the minds of young people. And th this is a huge agenda right now that is being pushed. So we shall see. I'm not a huge fan of making predictions, but uh, that one's pretty sound. <laughs> I feel like, and it's already happening now. Like you're already seeing the number, the rate at which people are detransitioning or realizing, oh, you know, that was just sexual curiosity, and I, in fact, you know, am not in the lane that I placed myself in when I was 15 or whatever. And we'll we'll watch it play out. Yeah, the overwhelming pressure from everybody was to be straight. Yet here I am. <laughs> I'm gay. Public advocacy or public depictions of sexuality can't make someone LGBT if they're not already that way inclined. People are longing for identity and False. people look for ways to put themselves into a box even though they don't really want to be. And when people get social fame, when people get attention, that's going to attract people that are lost. And kids are lost. So now people are, I guess, being pushed even if there is question to one way or the other. If my son came to me and he was like, hey, I think I'm gay, I'm like, that's totally fine that you believe that and let's figure out if this is actually true versus just immediately saying, congratulations, you know. I'm glad that the things that I thought when I was super young, I don't think nowadays anymore you know if i would have been held to the things i thought when i was 12 years old I, I, that would not have been good you know based who is this guy wow that's fantastic yeah it's exactly that i i love the the tolerant approach to uh, a child coming with concerns like that if my future child comes to me and says hey mom i think i'm gay or i think i'm trans or bi or whatever go okay Let's come like let's go let's go eat dinner and have a conversation about this. How did you come to this conclusion? Uh, you know, what experiences led you down the path of believing this about yourself? Let's really talk about it and get down to the bottom of it. And if the bottom of it is you have a gay child or a, tr or a trans kid or whatever, you know, I don't know about the trans kid part, but we'll we'll get to that. Um, but if the conclusion is that, you know, there's something sound in there, Sure, we can explore that, we can talk about that, we can talk about how life looks at the other end of that, but I think uh, more likely than that is this is a moment of your experiences skewing you in a certain direction, and you actually as a parent are at a really pivotal moment in how you take on the responsibility of hearing something like this from your child. Because you can get super abrasive and be like, no, that's not true, and we're taking you to a therapist who's gonna, you know, get this out of you, and this is not okay, and this is disgusting, and you should feel shame, which we all know, you, you tell the kid not to eat the, all their candy on Halloween, and what do they do? They eat all the candy on Halloween. Or you can go, okay, I'm going to validate the way that you are feeling right now, but in a way that opens up the floor for conversation and dialogue and exploration so that you feel safe coming to me when you have concerns like this and you know that as a parent, I'm a safe haven for having these discussions and having them in a way that is truly open. It's not one-sided in the agenda that you will get from some people who say, congratulations, let's pick your new pronouns and let's take you to the, the gender specialist. And it's not like blind, shame that you get from people who are maybe just not ready to hear the words or not too accepting of, of that lifestyle. You have to allow your kids to feel like they are the ones 
steering the ship when it comes to their lives or else you're going to land yourself in these like really treacherous situations. It's very interesting that the guy who is the LGBT activist talks about growing up in a super, super strict, religiously dogmatic household. And I can only think that when he had these feelings of wanting to explore his sexuality and maybe be with men, that wouldn't have been an accepting conversation within his household to have. And what do you do in that case? You're going to explore further down the path that you're told not to go down and there's nobody there to catch you there's nobody there to you know you know walk down the path with you and see what you find and give you an alternate perspective and that's how kids you know end up doing all the things you don't want them to do <laughs> not that i personally don't want a child that's gay if my child's gay hey that's cool whatever i'm a, i'd love to you know meet your boyfriend your partner you know when's the wedding who cares but it's totally different when they're kids kids explore so many things i feel like kids minds move a mile a minute they're thinking of themselves in a million different ways at a million different times and the world is so open and the possibilities are endless so you have to steer them through the million possibilities that they have just constantly reaming in their mind and just give them a path to finding what is right for them and maybe it is being gay you know who knows so you don't need me to state the obvious, but almost everyone can agree that we've had significant changes in our thinking, our world, and who we are since our childhood. But as society becomes more accepting, has this debate of what's appropriate by age kept up with the changes? So I think a lot of the controversy too kind of related with this has been around drag queens, whether it be drag story hour or kids being allowed to attend drag brunch, where, you know, there's been some maybe even video footage of pretty sexually explicit acts being performed at that. Do you think kids should be allowed in these types of environments? Uh, I, I, I think it's weird. I mean, there is a line that, um, that should not be crossed, obviously, and I don't think kids should necessarily be exposed to that, per se, but there are worse places for people to be than a drag show. At the end of the day, like, you have to let kids kind of learn and experience and grow for themselves and just kind of guide them along the way. Would you take your kids to a strip club? Your job <laughs> and your income? all these answers like I don't know you know I think some could be good some could be bad would you take your kids to a strip club <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's interesting they showed a lot of different depictions of like drag queen story hours they showed the very sexual explicit ones the ones where they're clearly like wearing stripper outfits and then they did show a short clip of like a man dressed into something very similar like that you would see as like Mrs. Doubtfire I don't inherently have an issue with something like that I just don't know why it's necessary it feels like a totally unnecessary thing when you think about how large the world is and how small a percentage men who dress up in drag make up of the large world we live in, why do you feel the need to emphasize that for your kids in school? Again, out of all the priorities you could place on a list of what children need to be exposed to while they're in school, I don't know, math, I don't know, science, I don't know, reading and writing, I don't know, classic literature, maybe like things like world history and all this stuff are higher up on that list. And... We know for a fact that in a year of school time, you could not possibly fit all the things that a young mind should be learning in that time of development. So why is it that you're able to fit Drag Queen Story Hour in there? I just have not heard a valid argument as to why that makes sense to implement the, uh, the independent contracting of a male drag queen. And there are fully acceptable depictions of drag that 
I think are not harmful to a kid. If my kid comes up to me and is like, hey, we want to watch Mrs. Doubtfire with Robin Williams or whatever, I'm like, okay. That's, we'll do a family movie night and we'll watch that movie. I don't think you're going to walk away from watching that, having, you know, seen anything harmful, felt anything harmful. Uh, but it's just wholly unnecessary to me, especially when you take into account that the vast majority of drag shows are overtly sexual in nature. They are not the Mrs. Doubtfires. That is not what drag has typically been used for, not with kids and not with adults. If you're an adult and you go to a drag show, you can anticipate to see a lot of adult content, be it in like the prosthetics that they're wearing, the way that they're acting, the outfits, the dance moves. It's almost always been known to be an adult you know, show and a characterization of like this bimboification of of women. So can we acknowledge that and say that that's been true for the majority of our time here? And maybe, just maybe, out of all the things you could do for a kid during, you know, library story hour, a drag queen may be at the bottom of the list. You know? Why not have somebody like dress up as George Washington and read his book or something or dress up as a dinosaur or Dr. Seuss or, you know, Willy Wonka and, and read the book to those kids? Why do you feel the need to have a man dress up as a woman and come into a drag queen story hour? I can only imagine it's because you have a political agenda. That's it. That's the only thing I can imagine would be uh, driving you in doing something that is just so outlandish. Come, come from you stripping off your clothes at night in front of gay men. Leave the kids out of it. There's no need for you to be around kids at all. The drag story times have been very effective at engaging more young people in reading. A stripper is something completely different. It's just been exaggerated, sensationalized, and so on by you know homophobes and, and right-wing critics. It, it, come on now. You're not homophobic because you don't like drag queen story hours. You know what else engages kids in reading? When you read to them. That, that engages kids in reading. You you go to a school, pull out a Harry, book, a Harry Potter book and start reading that to a group of kids. They're going to be interested. Throw on a little voice when you do different characters. They're going to be interested. They're going to want to hear what you have to say. I've, I've never, you know, heard that there was a problem so big with, like, getting kids to read that you needed to have a man dressed up as a woman with their tits out uh, in order to get them to engage. And I can only imagine the kids are not engaging with the content of the book when you have a man dressed in drag reading it to them. I have a feeling they're way more concerned with what is this weird character who's sitting in front of me right now reading this to me uh, and not the actual literature at hand. <laughs> I think we can solve this issue. <laughs> I remember when reading Rainbow was just a uh, kind man who was reading age-appropriate children's books to uh, children and encouraging them to read. And I can only imagine what a name like Reading Rainbow uh, will be rebranded as uh, in the coming generations yeah. uh, based on what we're seeing here. Oh, gosh, that makes me scared. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I think about the content that I used to watch as a, as a kid, it was like slow-moving, you know, really built-out characters who were very, very normal. It was things like Reading Rainbow. It was things like, what, Read Between the Lines? Was that, that was another one. I think PBS did that show. Uh, you know, 
Dragon Tales was a big thing as, as a kid. Mr. Rogers. These are all pretty slow-moving, normal, natural characters that you're watching play out on TV. Now it's like this vapid drag queen story hour, Cocomelon. Like, we need to be moving at a mile a minute. We need, like, big makeup and we need, you know, huge outfits and costumes to get kids to be able to read. No. You just need to access their actual imaginations, tell them to slow down a little bit and sit with them and read a book. You don't need a man dressed up as a woman in order to do that. Wow. It bugs me so much that people are really advocating and fighting for this and saying, oh my gosh, the LGBTQ community is under attack. No, we're not. You just have some weirdos that are trying to twerk and dance in front of children. <laughs> and so could it be said that this is all just an exaggeration? Because even if there are individuals like Clinton, Monroe, Ellis Gilmore, who participated in drag queen story hours and then was arrested for public indecency, are we only looking at the extreme cases from both sides to form a perception of an issue, even if there isn't one? And after asking various questions to gather various opinions, I had one final question to get to the root of the issue. So I can focus on what really matters. I needed the tools to make my life uh, to help ad. build in traveling. Their solar power <laughs> okay. tracker, Dexter, your next one, simply being blown out of proportion. Okay. Doing these like interviews too, it made me think like, do you think this is actually like really like a big issue? Or do you think this is being overblown by let's say both sides? I don't think it's being overblown. This is a topic that most definitely needs to be talked about. Yeah, from my perspective, it's one of those things where you, you would think over Overnight, this became the single biggest topic in the history of America. I think in the grand scheme of things, it's a smaller issue than maybe some of the other things we'll face in our lifetimes and worldwide and especially with everything going on now. Uh, but it's not necessarily doesn't make it something that doesn't need to be addressed. Right. I think it's something we could easily just nip in the bud. And of course, it's being sensationalized because it's a little outlandish. It's, it's a kind of crazy thing to be even debating about in the first place, which is why it goes crazy on right-wing media and left-wing media with retaliation and all this different stuff and the different ways we characterize each other. It's the polarity between the two sides that I think makes this into something far bigger than it really ever needed to be. If we could all find congruence in, you know, this is not something for kids, uh, while also saying kids can learn American history. And yes, American history involves the gay rights struggle and this and that, and we can address it and say this exists and then move on. But it's always the little things that, that get to us, right? The people on the left say, well, no, every kid should learn about it and they shouldn't be able to opt out, opt out of it. Some people on the right who I think are on the more extreme end of things say, no, I don't want my kids to ever hear that there are two dads and two moms in families. And, you know, that's something that should never be in schools. So when the two extremes are just like fighting with each other and going back and forth and you can't find anything, the issue is just going to continue to snowball until it's all over every single news outlet and you're hearing about it even though it may not be an issue that you're experiencing in your respective school with your child go through life and it's just i just don't think this is that big of a deal like a lot, a lot, a lot of things in the press they, they make it a big deal so whether it's certain groups or whether it's the media i think they have just pushed this to a point where it's just kind of absurd i think it has been blown out of all proportion and it's very clear that right-wing pundits are using this issue as a culture war i do think it i would love to hear what he thinks about left-wing pundits who are calling the florida bill the don't say gay bill even though it doesn't say that 
It's going to become a more a bigger problem as time goes on because the divide is going to cause a lot of problems and it's actually going to cause people to go both these ways. On one end, yes, it is a very small scale. It's happening in various cities and it's being called out and blown up. But on the flip side, we don't know how far it's going to go. Stop the train where it's at. A lot of people might also say, like, for example, this might be a first world problem. What would you say to that statement? I mean, there are Definitely. larger issues at hand on a global scale, but that doesn't mean that we need to diminish the issues that are, you know, in our backyard uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because all problems are also perspective as well. You right, know what right. I mean? Exactly, exactly. You know, you study history. You study the Roman Empire. They built it up into this huge empire. Then they started falling apart when they started just dealing with issues like this. Both sides are getting ridiculously worked up over a topic that's just, if you were not on social media, like, like you just wouldn't even know this is an issue. But as always, nothing in life is ever accomplished through indifference. And that's exactly why reasonable awareness is so important to inspire action, even if it's just to acknowledge the progress made. What? What do you think are some of the struggles that LGBTQ plus still face today? Well, we know from the research that the level of violence is much higher than average. The abusive practice of so-called conversion therapy, the attempt to change someone's sexuality, religious communities and minority ethnic communities, it's much more difficult for LGBT plus people to come out and find acceptance. So yeah, there are still battles to fight and win. Because whether you're... So interesting because I feel like all of that can be addressed without teaching kids sex in school. So weird. You're gay or straight or trans, the struggle of discovering and accepting your identity is something that we can all share. And when we can start seeing each other as humans living on the same spinning rock, we can move beyond the extreme opinions and recognize that many of these extremes are intentionally being manufactured to piss you off. Because to keep balance in society, we need those that are advocating for progress, as well as those who are keeping a check on uncontrolled change. And it's only by challenging your own perceptions that you can start thinking for yourself and not just going along with whatever side you're on and that that's exactly the mission to explore the unfamiliar thanks for nice good video good video round of applause round of applause (laughs) guys yeah no i think it's interesting i think it was a well-rounded video they got a lot of different perspectives uh shout out to amir odom for being on that you should go and follow him on youtube if you are not already he is fantastic and he held it down (laughs) and just uh, like i said set it straight during this whole video but yeah it's an it's an interesting topic i'm curious to see how you guys feel so drop your thoughts in the chat down below we are going to get into Super Chats now. All right. And we did just have one come in, a $50 one from Moderate Thoughts. So we're going to read that first. Okay. Uh, he says, the problem is that leftists say everything is good, which is based on pure emotion. If there are 450 genders, what if I identify as Ted Bundy? And I want to experience that identity with no Gosh. basis for what is real and good. Evil practices happen. Yeah. You know, I it's it's really difficult when you open up everything to anything all the time nothing means anything right it it doesn't mean anything anymore that's what's happening with definitions and words and pronouns and all this stuff Uh, if we can't agree on a just a foundational set of of beliefs and things that we can stick to then you'll have certain groups of people just open it up for anything and everything all the time and it leads to so many issues and it's issues that we talk about on this show so often that we're just almost like beating a dead horse when it comes to LGBTQ topics and stuff. But you guys are always here to to listen to them. So <laughs> we'll be here calling it out. Yeah, that's a great super chat. Thanks. Moderate thoughts. Uh, Cheesecake Bro 25 says, hey there, gang. I was 
thinking that if ch- that Cheesecake 304 from Friday, oh, by the way, I think this is Alex and Tejas. He just changed his name to Cheesecake, bro, <laughs> based on that video. If Cheesecake 304 from Friday doesn't get her diluted self in chef check quick, AI is going to take over women's roles and you're going to be left in the dust. Mm. Women take notes. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think that'll ever, <laughs> ever happen. I think there will always be men who are, you know, wanting to talk to AI chatbots rather than real women. I think we're going to see that more so now than ever. But I am of the fundamental belief that you will never get rid of like the yin and yang of male and female. And it's just always we're always going to be necessary and the pendulum will continue to swing. Tolo sign says, can't educate away prejudice. Only life experience is capable is capable of that. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Can't educate away prejudice. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I think education is a form of of life experience, but I get what you're saying in that you can't tell people not to dislike a certain group of people. That typically doesn't work. Uh, there's different things that need to happen socially. You need to meet the group of people, recognize that they're part of your community, uh, humanize certain people. And I think that can be achieved in part through education. But uh, life experience is certainly, uh, in my opinion, a quicker way to get there. But that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to manufacture the life experience uh, to to eliminate prejudice. And I think it's a valiant effort, right? So long as you're doing it in a way that is reasonable and healthy, it's unfortunate that they're doing it in a way that is wholly unhealthy, which makes me question their motives. Well said. Uh, Laura says, I'm glad I was homeschooled. I graduated early and went to college where I was bombarded by LGBTQ ideals and got screamed at when having a different opinion, even when it's against my religion. Gosh, yeah, it's it's rough out there for those in school right now, especially with everything that is that is currently going on. I can't even imagine some of the conversations that are being had on certain certain campuses. I plan to homeschool my future children for as long as I possibly can. I know many who have taken that route with their kids and it just works out. I mean, they learn faster. You see a lot of homeschool kids that are like graduating high school early, heading to college early, um, which maybe speaks to the validity of the practice. Uh, Ashley Weaver says, Taylor, I really liked your take on marriage on Friday's show. I agree with it. Funny story. I didn't realize I was on my first date with my husband until halfway through. (laughs) 12 years later, still happy with his son. That is so sweet. Yeah, the whole chat was like, go Taylor. This is a great take. (laughs) (laughs) I meant to clip that, but I'm I'm so terrible at influencing guys. I want to clip it and put it on uh, Instagram so y'all can see it. You need to. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting conversation we're having these days. And it's really made me think about more like, no, why, why do I think marriage, why do I believe in marriage or think it's important or why did I want to go through with it? And it's a, it's helpful that, um, that we're having these conversations in, in now. And, uh, yeah, I think it's important. Awesome. So glad that was well received. Um, if you didn't like it, just don't follow me and don't comment. <laughs> uh, Laurel Lies non-animations or not animations said, not going to watch this full live, okay, <laughs> but I'll listen later. Okay. Uh, I believe schools should have a way of life unit where children are given very vague details of different lifestyles, including religious ones. Hey, 
you know, maybe that maybe that's a solution. I well, everything that I learned about like sexuality or religion or whatever happened through the lens of a certain subject. So religion was like through the lens of history. We would talk about world history, go through the religions, their motivations, you know, like the five pillars of Islam, all these different things that we would go through in school through the lens of history. So it wasn't like a certain people live this way and you need to accept them in this way and this is how they're treated or whatever. That was the conversation we had. Sex ed was through biology and anatomy, and that's what we talked about. And, you know, there was a conversation that men uh, could can be with men and women can be with women. All people should worry about sexually transmitted diseases and engaging with partners and being, you know, respectful of yourself and of the other person. That was that was it. And you could manage to have these conversations in a way that was respectful to the point you got what you needed to know and then you moved on. That's it. That's it. Uh, G Funk Punk Money says it might have been mentioned, but if they allow LGBTQ, SRV, WXYZ in schools, why can't we bring prayer and the Bible back into schools? I personally am feel offended that these aren't allowed. Yeah, see, I don't think any of it should be. Any of it should be allowed. Um, it's one thing, again, to teach from a perspective of health and science. That's one thing. It's a different thing to just... Uh, promote your own agenda so all agendas should be gone from schools i don't like it when religious stuff is talked about in schools uh outside of the realm of history of course and you know detailing it in that way and i don't like it when political agendas are talked about in schools it's just not there are so many other things that you could give a child uh in their education that are so necessary uh that have nothing to do with these things and kids are not meeting benchmarks it's going to be crazy to see what adults look like in 10 years from now with the what their what their reading rates look like with what their math scores look right look like right now how they are socializing with one another what that looks like right now dude we're going to have some ill-equipped adults that are just going to be running around and running this country mind you you have to think about that or they're going to be so docile and uneducated that the people who are willing to manipulate that are the ones who are going to be running the country. So you're going to have a bunch of sheep just being led out to, to slaughter, essentially, by those who were able to get through our, our schooling system unscathed. Here's so where I'm hoping fun. some of the pendulum swing you talked about earlier, like people swing out of being social media zombies and low attention span and not well thought out and not researched. But I don't know. It seems like that's a, that's, it's a, a heavy pull of gravity on us now. Uh, fueled by just a culture that's lost its 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 mooring or anchoring with regard to like its values and uh, truth. And uh, now we have all these other new technological innovations and social media that are making us distracted and got these warring narratives out there and nobody knows can even identify what is true that's happening in the world and what's not. And uh, it, the, the stage is very set for not something good to happen in the future. So mm -hmm. uh, it's hard not to not to be pessimistic, but that's at least why we're here, still uh, trying to make sense of what's going on in the world and speak some truth in it. So uh, y'all can try to stay sane with us. <laughs> uh, Ashley Weaver again says, my husband works in the mental health field. Pronoun battle has turned him from this issue. Uh, him and his team get verbally abused on a daily basis if they don't use the proper pronoun, have to use legal name and sex filed. Gosh, 
I mean, yeah, I can only imagine that's pretty pretty stressful to have to deal with, and yet we're being told that it has nothing to do with your your mental health and you know how that there's there's no way that these coincide with one another. Crazy, uh, but shout out to your husband for hopefully dealing with it well. Yeah, that's tough, man. It's getting into compelled speech territory when you have to use someone's mm-hmm. like chosen sex, I guess you could call it. Anyways, uh, Jordan just sends a thin thumbs up. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Uh, Segaro says teachers need to stick to the subjects they were hired to teach, like sex ed teachers teach sex ed, math teaches math, history teaches history, etc. Yeah, I mean, it's just like sex ed was such a small thing when I was in school that it was just like the biology teacher did it, and it was one day, one day for like yeah, an hour. My gym teacher and another, it's like a male gym teacher and a female other teacher did it one day and simple as that remember it but yeah stick to the subject that you're hired for and that that's it i think our 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 school system is so messed up in so many different ways it's not even that like the lgbt stuff and the gender stuff and all that that's one issue but just like the very foundation of our education system i think is deeply deeply flawed which is why uh as far away as i can keep my kids from it i will because there's so much wrong even the education that they do give when they are staying on curriculum is just horrendous Yikes. Uh, Must Pavlov Dog says, I'm buying. Don't get why this has to be so complicated. Just tell kids some people are same sex attracted and that's okay. I was homeschooled. I'm glad I was homeschooled. SMH. Yep. Just say, hey, some guys like guys, some girls like girls. That's all she wrote. Moving on. Lilane Oster or Lillian Oster says progressives always talk about cultural appropriation when it comes to race. Yet the gay community is appropriated constantly with all these new pronouns. Wait, say that say that last part again. They progressives talk about cultural appropriation when it comes to race, yet the gay community is appropriated constantly with all these new pronouns. Oh, I don't understand how the gay community is appropriated. I understand how like womanhood and manhood is appropriated with the pronouns. Are you saying that by getting pronouns you just automatically make yourself a part of the gay community and that's appropriation? I could see how that that could, that could be. make sense. Yeah. Yeah, and and in, in that case, yes. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening. Michael Jackson says, if you read my, if you read my comment on this vid, it's about using conflict resolution instead for forcing the issue would cure a lot of this and other school issues. Ah, I wonder what you mean by conflict resolution. You mean like certain conflict resolution tools in order to have these discussions and figure out what we should do. If that's what you mean. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm the fan of the good old Socratic method on a lot of these things. Just, you know, Get all these angry teachers and parents and everything in a room. We can uh, duke it out, get to the bottom of it, and hopefully find Gosh. some sort of congruence. Not like that a sounds UFC like a fight. Jubilee video waiting <laughs> to happen. Yeah. Which, if those are any indication of how those discussions go, my not hope great. would not be very high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what's the alternative? You know, that's the only way. We need to use our speech to say what you believe, and then have that encounter what other people believe and then you have to work out some sort of solution that's the democratic process that's what we must do in order to uh not descend into might makes right but i digress uh hidden ace says as a gay high school teacher i teach about gay relationships within context mythology or greek or roman life uh shouldn't be showing corn love you by the way so yeah there you go roman dudes were messing around with each other all the time so there you go you can just talk about it and you're like hey it's still 
still happens to this day. <laughs> I'm just like, I just can't imagine that you would spend much time on sexuality of any kind. Uh, right. I'm know. like, are we talking about a, a, a whole unit here or is this like a footnote on a lecture about the right. Roman Empire? <laughs> right. Exactly. But I hear you. Uh, Sarah says bashing everyone over the head with trans issues is horrific, especially for those with trauma and or neurodivergence. Many D-trans are found to be autistic or have other common mental health issues. Rule out everything. Don't trans kids. Agreed. There's so many, uh, trans identifying individuals who have so many other issues going on and psychiatric comorbidities and all this stuff. And it's just like, how... How can you see your way through the murky water if you're not able to and you're just pushed down a certain path? That's why you have an open dialogue, open dialogue. And two more from Sarah here says, uh, first interview Blair White. <laughs> so that's <laughs> we need to get some on that. request submitted. Mm -hmm. um, and Sarah also says bad family life, mental health issues, trauma, neurodivergence, church hurt and more are factors that put youth at risk to falsely identify with LGBTQIA. Yep. So many things. That's why I'm like, I'm not wholly convinced by this. Oh, it's all genetic and, you know, you have this predisposition or whatever. You'll, a lot of gay people that have, I, I've had conversations with have very similar backgrounds. And there's a lot of different things that happen from just like uh, religious dogmatism to uh, sexual abuse to overexposure to sex as like a young person to, you know, a ton of different things, family members who are gay and that's their exposure to it and their exploration of it. So uh, there's, there's so many different things I could grant that maybe an element of it is genetic or, you know, but I, I'm more and more as I live, I, I think just almost all of our, our sexual preferences outside of those dictated by biology are uh, nurtured. Here, here. Uh, Cupids says, hi, you both. Uh, hope your weekend was fantastic. I'd like to thank you two for the birthday wishes on Friday. Wishing you a wonderful day. Heart emojis. And there's a flag on here. I don't know what flag this is. Oh. It's... Half white, half red. The white's on top, the red's on the bottom. Do you I know don't what know either. Y'all drop it down in the chat below. But thank you. <laughs> thank you for your support. I pride myself in knowing a lot of yeah, you do geography lot of flags. and flags. And I, I want to say like maybe Poland or Eastern European country or something. Uh -oh. Y'all will set us straight in the chat down below. Yeah, help us out. Also, and let's see. I wanted Goodbye. to add the note. Just because something is nurtured doesn't mean it's a choice. I also want to make that very clear. Both involve a lack of choice when it comes to sexuality. If you've experienced something that led you down to exploring your sexuality and you find, oh, I'm gay, I'm lesbian, I'm bi or whatever, that does not mean that you've chosen the path that you're on, which is why this conversation surrounding is it a choice, is it genetic, frustrates me so much because you just get written off when you say, there's a lot of things that can nurture that. They go, oh, well, you're saying it's a choice. That's not saying it's a choice. <laughs> Anyways, just how do you put that out there? Just to make a clear, concise. It is the Polish flag. All so, right, I guess. To, or I guess I, my educated guess was correct. Okay. Cupid's put that in the chat. Thank you all for straightening us out on <laughs> that. Uh, Bernie Choi says, "Just wanted to say I love your videos and live streams as much as Cheesecake Factory. Might take a date there." <laughs> oh, I love to hear that. You know, we stand the Cheesecake Factory on this show. Yeah, we used to go there sometimes on lunch because uh, there was one close to our yeah. office. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's, good times. It's a thing. Good times. Uh, Christopher Alcine says, "Thanks for the content. Could you react to Young Love on HBO Max? It's an animated show that looks." 
marinated in Hollywood's famous woke sauce. I'll have to check it out. I've never heard of it. I'll have to give a quick Google search. Is it popular? We're always looking for woke stuff to react to. We always are. (laughs) We always are. There was that new Robin Hood show, but it only came out in like Canada and the UK, and we couldn't really get access to it. just know nobody's watching it. You just know. It has like a one out of 10 on IMDb. It's like absolutely horrendous. Um, But yeah, I didn't even get enough attention to bother reacting to right i do want to react to that new south park episode that's coming out about what Into is the it? panderverse the, the panderverse yes yeah, i cannot they, wait to watch that cannot yeah. wait but you're already a south park fan in general yes so, so it's gonna be good good stuff um yeah we haven't had any good like re- woke stuff to react to like movie or tv wise lately no. so i guess that's a good thing but also from a content standpoint not so much <laughs> uh well, I'm sure we'll be back on it soon. All right. Uh, Fresh Start says, hey, 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 just saw the Cheesecake Factory vid in my feed a bit ago and remember thinking you'd get a kick out of it. Enjoyed your review on it. Yeah, we had to clip that, that one. and make it a short, too. Yeah. If you guys didn't see it, it's a whole segment of Friday's show. Um, do not miss the Cheesecake video. It's insane. Yeah, and we have a similar a video one. coming out tomorrow. We by do. The way. 48 Oysters Girl. That's all I'm going to say. 48 Oysters Girl. If you don't know what that is, don't look it up because it's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, one more from Birdie Choi says, what if this entire stream is AI? Amal and Taylor are super advanced AI bots to fight wokeism. That would be nuts, guys. How did you How did you figure us out? Yeah, you got us. <laughs> I, I heard the new meta AIs like deny that they're AIs. Oh, really? Interesting. That's yeah. scary. You guys didn't like our celebrity AI video. Nobody watched it. But uh, Meta has new celeb AI chatbots. So we did a whole video on it. You guys can check it out. <laughs> check yeah, it, it out. came out this weekend and just like totally bombed. It's Nobody like, cares that our AI overlords are going to look like Kendall Jenner and, Car- and uh, uh, D'Amelio. What's her name? Charlie D'Amelio? Yeah, that's right. Nobody cares. So yeah, if the <laughs> algorithm didn't serve you our AI video, make sure you go find it on the channel yep. and watch it. Apparently, we just need to keep making gym girl videos and react to gender TikToks. Yes, you guys love that. Keeps popping you guys off. love that. <laughs> Everyone loves to hate on the, the gym girls in their yes, booty shorts. This is true. Uh, Cheesecake Bro 25, a.k.a. our regular Alex, says, follow up. But if women like Cheesecake Girl continue to act that way, then why wouldn't guys choose AI girlfriends over girls like her? AI is getting really advanced now. Because there's other women, Cheesecake Bro. They're out there. I'm telling you. There's reasonable women out there. There was two reasonable guys in this video for all the ladies. Go find them. <laughs> yeah, where does he where does he film that in Seattle? I think. Oh, I don't know. Just go find his little spot in the park and yeah. stand there and until <laughs> some highly intelligent, attractive no, they, men walk. Yeah, by. they were saying so many good things, and I feel like they were just his friends, like planted in the video because it doesn't even. They were too smart. Yeah, yeah. too based. See, this is what I'm talking about. We're just everyone's skeptical of anything. People are asking if we're AIs, we're like Dude. those guys are plants. You just can't know anything for sure these days. You can't. I literally question everything all the time to where it gives me actual anxiety now about what is real and what's fake and what I'm seeing in the news right now, especially with everything happening uh, with Israel and Palestine and all this stuff. I mean, like, how does anybody know left from right right now? It's quite a time to be alive. Uh, Jay says... It would have helped me to know that girls can like girls as a lesbian child, but don't teach kids about sex. There's a middle ground for everything. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I always question, like, as a lesbian child or as a gay kid or all these things, I'm like, at what age were you? Maybe if you're like 13, you start thinking about these things and maybe you have a crush when you're younger or whatever. Um, 
but it's interesting. I, I think it's okay to be like, yeah, there's two mommies in this family or there's two dads in this family. It's something that is, you're, you're naturally probably going to run into as a human being and especially as, as a child with all the different family dynamics that happen right now. And that is, to me, not a harmful thing to hear. And it doesn't inject any sort of narrative because for the most part, I don't think kids are all that concerned with it. It's when you extrapolate uh, the, the conversation further than that. Yeah, there's there's like phenomena in the world that occur that you witness or that happen to you. There's your experience. And then there's what you how you assign meaning to that experience and what the narrative that you believe about yourself, about the world and how you fit into the world. Um, and those are two separate things. And there's competing narratives. There's a lot of different ways to interpret your experiences and assign them meaning in the world. And then how do you judge one against another? I mean, that's that's a very deep philosophical question. Mm -hmm. But the answer shouldn't be, let's come to this predetermined uh, idea. Let's have this box of an ideology that is, that is what a lot of what we're seeing with this LGBTQ movement and stuff. It's like we have this predetermined way of how you should think about yourself and how you should think about your experiences, how you should read back on your childhood experiences and what those meant. And then come, you know, identify with this community, put yourself in that box. And now we have the, all those problems solved for you. We'll give you all the acceptance. We'll be your chosen family, all this stuff. And is that really superior to developing someone as an independent human being who more slowly processes their experiences and figures out how they map onto reality right. in a way that doesn't involve these rigid ideologies and boxes. And I think that's kind of how I, how I see this playing out. Right. Um, okay. Uh, Nasima says, Hey, love listening and watching your streams. I often play the Sims three while listening to them. <laughs> Greetings from Switzerland. That's funny. That's cool. Playing Sims. I've never played Sims before. Uh, My wife plays The Sims. She's, I don't know if you're like good at it or if it's just like this world that you go into and yeah. build stuff, but she had this whole house that she built and me, or at least I think it was me, uh, that was like her husband in this fantasy world. It reminded That's me of like funny. Dwight when he's like on second, second life. Yeah, my second <laughs> life. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, I've never played that game before. It was really popular when I was in high school though. But I totally feel playing, um, like I'm, I play a lot of mindless iPhone games while I like listen to podcasts just because my, hands and eyes need something to do while I'm like absorbing information. So mm. I don't know. I, I totally feel you on like playing games while consuming content that enriches your brain. Right, right. <laughs> uh Fresh Dart says, also Cheesecake, why you got you guys really love Cheesecake Girl. This is like the fifth com big comment phenomenon. about Cheesecake Girl. Yeah. yeah. Uh Cheesecake Girl complaining about being overdressed. Uh dressed up once, thought it was a dinner date, but the guy took me golfing. I was wearing heels. Had a blast anyways. It's all about the attitude. Oh, see, that's, that's a great story. That is awesome. Yeah. I, you And you probably, that guy probably fell in love the moment that you were like, oh, yeah, no, it's fine. We can play golf and I'll do it in heels. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's all about going with the flow, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that sounds like a movie scene. See, it makes yeah, it makes up for a great story when something cute. unexpected happens like that. Yeah. But you could have been like, this is not going golfing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you taking oh this to God. Cheesecake Factory? Gosh. <laughs> that Barney drip with the green dress and the purple lips. Uh, <laughs> Barney drip. Anyways, Rebecca George uh. says, I finally made it to a live. I love your viz. Sorry, don't know what you were talking about. I'll watch it later from Australia. <laughs> oh, thank you, Rebecca. We really appreciate that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Hidden Ace says, definitely not a unit, just like Sappho and Zeus had same-sex lovers. Identify it 
was a thing, but that's it. No explicit details. There you oh, go. Fair enough. Boom. Fair enough. Sometimes them boys love to kiss other boys, and then they moved on. <laughs> moved on uh, with their world from... conquering. <laughs> Michael Jackson says, bring in the bullier and bullied and ask the bullier why they are taking time out of their day to do what they do. Keep asking them till they realize it's their actions that are the issue. Help them understand acceptance. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean, with prejudice, yeah, you can nip that in the bud. I can understand, like, oh, kids don't want to, like, confront the person who's bullying them. We'd rather just have the conversation as a class, like, this is not okay and happens. But, like, I don't know. Kids are going to do what kids are going to do, and kids are ruthless, dude. They are mean and full of prejudice. <laughs> so <laughs> it's all about uh, dealing with it in healthy ways and having healthy conversations. Yeah, I think for conflict resolution like that, like if you have two healthy, generally healthy, generally sensible people who are generally moral and everything, that can be a great tool to you know, like most sensible people can come to an agreement when they're both playing by the same set of rules about you should not treating be discriminating against people. You shouldn't treat them unfairly. You shouldn't uh, impose violence on someone else, on, you know, who doesn't deserve it or things like that. But when you have someone who's traumatized or just a sociopath who's being violent in school or something like that. Like, I don't know that sitting them down with their victim and talking them through that will have the same outcome. And there's something to be your My mind, of course, goes to the recent issue with Hamas and like, imagine trying to like sit down with a terrorist and like reason with them in that way. It's not, I mean, maybe there are some who can have, who have a little bit of moral paradigm who could be reasoned out of it. But um, it's, I don't know. That was an interesting super chat though. Thanks for right. that. Thanks yeah. for that thought sparking uh colo sign again says education should be clinical when i was taught reproduction as a kid it was graphs and medical literature that they didn't show us corn <laughs> yeah corn <laughs> yeah no it would be that, that's the same way it was when i was a kid you didn't you weren't seeing anything like that at all you were not seeing naked depictions of adults whatsoever and yet somehow the message was driven home <laughs> mm. Cupid says, yeah, it was the Polish flag. Thank y'all for <laughs> clarifying. Um, forgive our our geographic and flag ignorance. Yep. Uh, uh, Yasmin M says, every time I try to comment something, you guys already address it. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. And Amala, where did you get that sweater? Ah, Fashion Nova, guys. This is from the Fashion Nova haul that I just ordered. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's a good sweater. Uh, yeah, no, we we try to we try to catch everything from all angles. So I'm sorry if you got, if your super chats are getting canceled out throughout the conversation. Well, yeah, n imagine that. But like you're on the podcast with Amala and she's giving commentary Please. on things and she's like everything you think of to say she says it but says it better before you have time to like formulate your Stop. thoughts so yeah Stop you guys get it. my scraps whenever i'm like okay she said that whole thing and didn't touch on the one thing i thought of i'm gonna add, throw that in Stop so, it. uh the struggle but that's that's cool to know solidarity you guys are in it with me in the super chats uh right Ra rochelle foreman says first live even if i'm only catching the end lol but i love the both of you thank you for refreshing unbiased commentary i love the lightness of your show and welcoming environment thank you really appreciate that we try we try to keep it light <laughs> keep it chill we chilling wow one more cheesecake Bro says, uh, good, I'm glad you guys are going to talk about 100% delusional oyster girl. Okay, so he's seen this video. I knew uh, it. Cheesecake Factory over oysters any day. 
FYI, sometimes I'm bombastic on purpose. Yes, I, we, we know this, Alex. Uh, yeah, no, we will talk about Oyster Girl tomorrow. You guys will get to see that video. It's just a fun kind of lighthearted conversation about what happened on the, the date from hell. <laughs> the date from hell. It, it's wildly entertaining, if nothing else. Yes. Uh, Jay, I think this might be our last one, says, I had my first crush for a girl at age six. Would have been nice to know it's fine and doesn't make me weird. Making it a big deal is a yikes from me though yeah it's like doesn't need to be a big deal at all i mean like how many how many kids would come to you and be like i totally have a crush on this girl and it's not a crush at all you just like like the girl or whatever and how many kids it is an actual crush and you actually have feelings for this this should all be able to just be handled and be like oh my gosh you have a crush on a girl tell me about that what does crush mean to you what's the girl like what do you guys do together at school and just like have an open discussion to where it's it's just unarming in a sense where you don't have to feel fear surrounding it whether or not it's a real like crush that comes out of homosexuality or it's a crush that's just like i just really like this girl and she's a really good friend or whatever just be chill, guys. Just be chill. No matter how you feel deep down, even if deep down you're freaking out or something, uh, just take a breath and explore. Just chill. Just we got chill. one more from Frank. He says we skipped his super chat, but Frank, it was a $2 super chat. We don't read all those. Uh, it says that in the pinned comment. And also yeah. you said, pray the gay away. It works. So okay. something that so was very well contributing. So to the it wasn't discussion. gonna get read in the first place. So, <laughs> but, yeah. but now it has. So you're you're welcome, Frank. Uh we do not endorse that message uh whatsoever, but <laughs> thank you for your super chat, guys. Oh, we've got a palate cleanser, hopefully, from Fresh Start Perfect. here. It says coming in at the buzzer. One last funny story. My sis said the other day to turn on the scuttlebutt song, and I was laughing thinking of how much you hated it. Gosh, that just gave me PTSD even hearing the name of that song the scuttlebutt song needs to be burned <laughs> i don't why do i not know what that is it's from the new little mermaid the scuttlebutt song oh, the little yeah, yeah, rap yeah. song okay. with this oh gosh it's just absolutely horrendous i already blocked it out song. of my memory i wish <laughs> i could block that song out of my memory. but thank you uh for for thinking of me <laughs> Guys, that is our show for today. Thank you so much for watching. Hope you had a fun time. Let me know what you thought about the different uh, topics that were explored during this video. And just your overall thoughts. As always, we encourage healthy debate. We did get another super chat. I'll read that real quick. Through the Looking Glass with Rayanne says, first live, how does your family feel about you being more right now when you were raised left? My family's cool, chilling. I was actually just talking to my mom uh, yesterday. We, we have a, a really great relationship. My family does not care. They're very happy about uh, everything that's going on in my life right now. So that is a strong note, I think, to close out the show on. Guys, please like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we're live. That's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. And we post videos for you guys every single day. Tomorrow is 48 Oyster Girl. <laughs> Can't wait for you guys to see that video. It's going to be a fun one. And with that, have a fantastic Monday.